This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Hello, and welcome to the Batman Universe Comics Podcast, Season 15, Episode 6. This is Ian. And this is Dev. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Stephanie. That's not like she is half sleeved. <laughs> this is Theo. And we have, we have an episode to record for you. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be the voice of positivity. I'm going to the, be the voice of my opinion. Um, and I'm just the sole black man. Just <laughs> I'm the sole half Asian man. I'm the sole female. <laughs> man. Anyway, Theo and I are actually going to be at Chicago Comic Con C2E2 this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. If you are there and you see us in our TBU merch or just a normal Batman shirt, depending on what day it is, come and say hi. Uh, we would love to meet you. I have no idea if you're actually going to listen to this in time to beat us, but do that anyway. And I got to correct you. You can't call it Chicago Comic Con because there's actually two big ones in Chicago. So there's C2E2, but Fan Expo also has one. Oh. Yeah, they took I over. I only ever hear about. They took over from Wizard World. Is Fan Expo more gaming? No, no. Fan Expo is pretty much. I want to say Fan Expo is a bigger organization than, than Repop. But, uh, yeah, and we they, don't have. Do they do like more movie stuff at Fan Expo? <laughs> This, I mean, they do about they do about what and what, and 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 Fan Expo Chicago used to be Wizard World, so Fan okay. Expo pretty much took over all of Wizard World stuff. All right. Well, anyway, we're going to be at C two E two, which is not Chicago Comic Con. I am informed. I I do I I was gonna go. She chicken out. My April got booked. And so I'm no longer going. We are sad to miss Steph, but excited for her opportunity. Because of this crazy thing called marriage, whatever. <laughs> Work trips. <laughs> I mean, it sounds to me like Steph's actually excited for the trip. I'm really excited about my trip. She is going to see if jet lag is as real 
today as it was the last time she crossed the ocean. <laughs> I think it's worth coming back. But, oh, it is. Okay, this, it is. It is. Yes, it is without a doubt worth coming back. Some not Batman news. Okay, fun fact. Ghibli World is only open to Japanese people until what? July. Till July. Oh, that and, sucks. And tickets sell out three months ahead of time. Oh, my and goodness. How much are they? The, it doesn't even matter. And then the Ghibli Museum tickets sell out a month ahead of time. So I get to go to the Ghibli store <laughs> where I can purchase items. <laughs> oh, so I'm a little that is torn sad. up inside, but I'll be okay. <laughs> oh, man. You should see there if you are. can say Suzume in Japan. And Suzume is coming out in America while I'm in Japan. How ironic is that? I know, right? I'm going to see it. <laughs> It's weird how we sound like a bunch of weebs, except that I am not one at all. Correction. You all sound like a bunch of weebs because I have zero clue. Yes, but see, Steph and Ian together is still a we. It's not just me. Anyway. Okay. So we have two little pieces of news. First one, I would like to say I told everyone so. In today's issues of comics and on DC Nation's Twitter, they released an image of Batman and Catwoman uh, with the text showdown, indicating there is a crossover happening with Batman and Catwoman with the current teams of Chip Zdarsky and Teeny Howard. Um, I have been saying this for a year now. <laughs> I'd be more excited if Catwoman wasn't such a terrible talk. I agree completely. I'm not happy that I told you so, but I did tell you so. No, wait, wait. Again, you told us so a year ago, so you're still late. (laughs) Early? What? I I was too early. Do do, do you know how many times you... Oh, yeah. I I, I said it like 12 times. Yes. It's ridiculous how many times I've said it. And we're, we're getting a relaunch, and we're blah, 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 and we're still waiting. Although, I will say this. I'm kind of disappointed that Batman 900 is not going to be Batman 900. Oh, what do you mean? Isn't it? Did not listen to as Batman 900. Oh. Yeah. I think they're just going to put, like, the numbers in parentheses, like they do on Spider-Man. Which sucks. It is weak sauce. But, yeah. So... That's coming. My guess is either in the fall after Night Terrors or in the winter in like January. I think given the way they're advertising everything, it's probably the fall. But I could be wrong. What do you guys think? Do you think it's going to be fall or winter? For the showdown? Yeah. It feels like the way they're setting up all the stories that it'll come to a head around the fall. Either way, you're still late. And therefore, still wrong. (laughs) We have news that is definitely news, and feelings will vary depending on how you feel about the things involved. (laughs) With that ambiguous uh, introduction, uh, Tim Drake Robin is cancelled at issue 10, and Batgirls is cancelled at issue 19. Um, (laughs) These are both going to drop in June, and then July and August will be Night Terrors. 
we will probably get some kind of Bat Family book launched in September after Night Terrors. Is that a prediction? Um, what? Is that a prediction? Yes, it is. Oh. <laughs> I would be okay with that. I think it makes the most sense. Um, hopefully it will not have the people involved in these books uh, on it. And I say this as someone who enjoys Batgirls, but I feel like Clunan and Conrad aren't a good fit for the kind of book that they are being given right now. I wish they would go back to do uh, Gotham Academy, because I think that would honestly be the best thing for them. And I think it would be great. Um, I think it should be graphic novels in stores and not floppies. But I don't think that it would be a success if they were put on a Bat Family book. And I know for a fact that it would be a terrible failure if Fitzmartin was put on a Bat Family book. So I'm hoping it's someone else. You sound... I would love to see Tim Seeley. He's not doing a whole lot. You could definitely have him do it. You sound like someone who said a long time ago that Becky Cloonan and Michael Conrad were the wrong people for Batgirls. I remember someone, someone. Was it someone named Theo? It might have been. <laughs> might have been. Um, I would like to point out that uh, Batgirls ending at 19 is actually, even though it didn't make 24, which is what I wanted it to make, it did hit 19, um, which is more issues then nine other series, including I Am Batman and Future State Gotham, both of which were absolute trash. So. Wait, and what, what, what issue is, is Tim Drake ending at? Ten. <laughs> that one's not even hitting a year. I'm kind of surprised. You, you, you were wrong on that one, but I'm happy you were wrong on that one. I am happy I was wrong on that, too, because this <laughs> book is just grinding my gears. Uh, I've never been happier to be wrong about something ending sooner than it would. I'm surprised because I don't know how they're going to collect this in trade, but I'm happy. I wonder how they're going to end it. Yeah, I have no clue how they're going to end it. It anything, is nowhere close to an ending. Anything short of Bernard dying? <laughs> I don't want Bernard to die. I would just like him to move to Japan or China <laughs> or anywhere outside of the United States where Tim can't see him regularly. Okay, so as I said, ambiguous news. Um, I am sad that Batgirls is canceled, but honestly, I think that it had a good run. I'm impressed that DC actually kept it for so long, and I'm the only one on the cast who really feels that way. I know Steph has sort of come around to it, but... It it lost me at Bat Steph. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I said it last episode, <laughs> I didn't like the Bat Steph stuff. Um, I'm way. hoping the next arc is better, but it's the last arc, so it doesn't matter that much. <sighs> Yeah, I still think that issues fourteen and fifteen were really, really good. Have 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 they have they started? Have they started prepping cast for Soul World or wherever? I mean, they prepped her in the Lazarus Planet story. Yeah, as you could tell, I didn't read that either. I wish I hadn't. I hated it so much, but ah, okay. Well, let's get into our review of Detective Comics one. 1,070. This is written by Ramby and art by Stefano Raphael. Um, this is Gotham Nocturne Act 1, Part 5. 
As our story begins, the Orgum troops unload fully automatic rifle fire on Solomon Grundy as he attacks them in the sewers. They attach an Asmer demon to him, but he literally punches it out of himself, and in desperation, the troops hurl grenades. As the smoke clears, Cheshire Cat, Leon Harper, teams up with Grundy to get out of the sewers, away from the Orgum Asmer army program. Bruce walks through the Wayne Cemetery, pondering his next moves against the mysterious threats he faces, remembering his lost futures with Selina in Batman number 50, and wondering if he's made a mistake. Prince Arzen of the Orgums approaches him and says that the Orgums are looking at the Wayne's land, since the Wayne family is no longer as financially dominant because of Joker War. Bruce says the land will never be for sale, and Arzen speaks of the death of his own father, who went on a quest to save a city, but failed and died, and speaks of history repeating itself. As Arzen leaves, Bruce calls Oracle, Barbara Gordon, and works with her and Batgirl, Cassandra Kane, to start developing a planned campaign against the threat to Gotham, which he suspects has to do with the Orgums. In the Water District, Batman fights his way to Talia al Ghul's door, and his former lover tells him more of Prince Arzen's family's history, and how her father, Raz al Ghul, killed Arzen's father. Meanwhile, in the Clock Tower, Barbara is approached by a mysterious vigilante calling himself Arclight, part of a four-person team including Castle, Oracle's counterpart, Dodge, and one more member, calling themselves the Vigil who are in Gotham watching the Orgum and Bat families. Um, so, let's get a happy thing, at least for a couple of us out of the way. Um, we have a big reference to Batman number 50 with a romantic uh, Batman and Catwoman, or Bruce and Selina, picture. Um, how'd you feel about that Ram V sort of putting his run in as a development of the emotional state that Batman finds himself after Tom King's run. Well, I'm glad it's not just cast aside. It seems like it seems like based on news and story and things said that regardless of how in continuity they all feel, Catwoman, Batman and Tech are all moving towards something. I don't know what that is. If it's punchline involved, I'm not going to be super excited. <laughs> but it seems to be the direction that's going. And it's it's nice knowing that it's not just something that was forgotten. Like, the, the run mattered. That event, as much as it pissed people off, matters. And is a part of who Bruce is now. Like, it's another one of his traumas <laughs> yay more drama <laughs> as if um, there's one thing batman needs is more trauma one thing batman needs is more trauma um so that that did make me i don't know i felt something don't know if i'd call it happy but whatever and then you go and throw talia right on in yeah. Come on. We'll in, talk uh, about Talia. I want to know what you think about the the Tom King reference. Uh, so, well, how, how does you feel? And it will always be considered a tease to me that I just let roll off from one eye to the next until there's actually a payoff. You know, 
the constant referencing just means nothing to me. And yes, I'm still salty and I'll forever be salty until it's corrected or not. That's fair. That's fair. Which is why I kind of had such. I liked it. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that's why I, I, I always had, despite reading it, I always had salty feelings about Back Hat, you know, because at this mm-hmm. point, you know, we're getting all this and you pretty much know it's not continuity. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I liked it. I like feeling that the stories I've read still matter, that writers are still um, taking into account the stories that you know, we've read that it's not like this is a completely different Batman that has had no other adventures other than Ram V's run. You know, sometimes it really feels like that when writers start a new run. What did you think about Stefano Raphael's art? Um, he was one of the three artists last time, but he only drew a couple pages and he's doing the whole issue of this one. I liked it. I mean, it was, it was very fine, very serviceable. I use that word a lot. It's it was good. I mean, slightly horrific, but that's Grundy. Grundy is scary. I love Grundy. I think I think for the feel Rom V's going for, it was a good a good fit. I think Steph kind of said it best because and, and Ian and I talked about this a few days ago. How I did not like the art. I don't. I, it just. But I think Steph kind of said it best for what Ron V is doing. It probably works. It you know kind of solidifies that for me. As Steph just said, the way he drew Grundy was awesome. I really, <laughs> I really did like that. But I liked, I liked the whole idea of of what happened with Grundy in this story. It was probably the funniest thing. In the entire run since Ron V's been on, that I've actually laughed at was the whole beat the shit out of the asthma, or beat. The I had to, of- I had to really work not laughing when I read that part of the summary because it is hilarious. He's just like, demon, I punch it out of my face. <laughs> I mean, and it was like he literally beat it out of him. Oh shit. <laughs> just beat the devil out of. As I say, that has to be the most fun part of the whole technique. We did. It was great. It was awesome, but yeah, it, it it's not my style of art, which is, I guess, the primary reason why you know when Ian and I were talking about it, I said I didn't like it. But for for Ron V's theme and and where he's going with the story, I guess it it works. I mean, and when you have issues with Yvonne Reese in it, you know. It, it, you kind of get spoiled by that. I know, right? So, I, I like the art in this issue. I'm a little perturbed that this is Detective Comics. This is DC's book with its highest numbering. Um, it's not necessarily the oldest book because Action Comics is technically older, but. They have double shipped. Actually, no, they, they quadruple shipped this book for three months um, uh, this year. So it is significantly higher in number than Action Comics. And they can't get a single artist to do a single arc on this. I I don't I don't understand their thinking. Like, I like all of the artists that they're using. Um like, I really like a lot of them. I like 
Ivan Reese. I like Raphael Albuquerque. I like Dexter Soy. I like Stefano Raphael. Like, I like all of these artists. This is not a criticism of their art, but this is a monthly book. This is not a double shipping book. Why are they having so much difficulty getting a single artist on it? It, it baffles me. And, and it makes me wonder, because Greg Rucka talked about this when he was on Detective uh, his first time back in from 2000 to 2002, uh, between No Man's Land and Hush. And he says, you can tell that editorial had it out for me because there was no issue that had the same artist in sequence. Every single issue had a different artist in order. And so ever since I read that from Rucka, I've kind of thought that if an edit if editorial doesn't put artists sequentially on a book, they're not paying adequate attention to that book. Hmm. You disagree, Steph? I mean, I don't know. That seems harsh, but like I just don't remember this happening too much when Tamaki was on. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't was... Tamaki double shipping? Yep. Yeah. So I think, but I think she had des- designated artists, didn't she? I'm trying to remember because, so when she did, uh, what was it? Shadows of the Bat, obviously she had different artists because it was weekly. But, but wasn't, but was that... it double shipping when it launched in it was. 2021? It was because it, it led into Fisty. Because, because um, Batman and Tech were both double shipping at that time. I need to check this out. We, uh, While you're checking it out, I do have to correct you on one thing, Ian. Go for it. Okay. So, Action Comics is 1938. Detective yep. Comics is technically 1937, if you go all the way to issue number oh, one. right, the... 27 thing is where we usually count from because that's Batman's that's first Batman's appearance. First appearance. Right. It is the oldest. The thing is, they've overlapped a couple times. Right, and that's why action, because action went weekly at some point in time. And that's how yeah. it's that's how it's surpassed. Like the 70s or 80s. Yeah, and that's it how it's surpassed Detective. Book, right? DC huh? stands for Detective Comics. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, ugh, whatever. So, actually, it looks like it was a monthly book in March 2021, and it only got uh, squished when it came to uh, Shadows? The Shadows of the Bat. Really? Yeah. I reviewed that book for two years, and I don't remember that. <laughs> well, it was a big book, and it had to back up every time, so <laughs> it would have been hefty. But, I mean, Dan Mora did most of the art for that year. He did. Uh, I think there was a couple issues of Victor Bogdanovic, but it was mostly Dan Mora. Mariko, I miss you. Huh, I miss her too. Come back to Wonder Woman or Detective. I'm okay with either one. <laughs> Preferably Detective. I So here's the thing. I am really excited about Jeremy Adams doing Green Lantern, but I honestly wish I could have seen uh, both his and Mariko Tamaki's Green Lantern. I think it would have been fun to see both. But back to Detective Comics. But back to Batman, because this is not the DC Universe, it's the Batman Universe podcast. Let's talk about that opening Grundy fight. We've already mentioned it a little bit, but how do you think it worked? It's obviously picking up after the cliffhanger of, of last season. 
it's very much like it's about four pages and it's sort of like a, a teaser at the beginning of a TV episode, but it doesn't lead anywhere in the rest of this issue. So clearly this is a thread that's going to be picked up in other issues. How do you feel about that? It's placement and how it works. It feels like a secondary backup. I yeah. certainly don't mind it. I like seeing what's happening with the citizens story. Cause uh, what's her name? Big maps. Cat. No, not maps. Uh, Shoot. Cheshire Shoot. cat. Shoot. No, she's calling herself Cheshire Cat now. Oh well, but but, the, but that is shoes. Right? That is shoes, right? Isn't that what she it's, was calling? She it was point? shoes, but okay. she hasn't called herself shoes in a while. Okay, well, Cheshire is one of the kidnapped people, right? And she's escaped. Yep. So I'm I am interested to know what she's going to do because she's kind of representing the cat family, the bat cat, the the bat, the, the cat woman, the strays, sort of, strays. Yeah, the strays. Um, who are so much but be- okay i'm gonna save that for the catwoman talking but <laughs> i'm sorry i'm just so angry about catwoman and i love what people do with grundy i i think that grundy and clayface and killer croc have been used very cleverly over the years and i just really find them very empathizable empathize i empathize with them a lot yeah, I would add Two Face to that list. I, I was, he was in my mind too. It, it would yeah, be, I agree. It, it, it has been quite a while since I've considered that crew as actual villains compared mm. to more anti-hero. You know, mm. they can do either or. Yeah. Whereas. Holly and and Selena are clearly, despite the crazy, the crazy crap that they do. They're heroes. Ugh, yeah, more or less. M- more or less. Whereas <laughs> Croc will eat somebody's head off from time to time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Bundy will do Bundy stuff. And of course, Basil will do Basil stuff. You know, like he just tried almost blowing people up in Batman. But I still consider that they've been redeemed somewhat. And I consider they're certainly them, nowhere close to Joker. Yeah. Oh, of course. I consider them more anti-hero than actual villain. At one point in time, I would have had Victor approaching that too, but it seems like they're going in a different direction. This we're going to talk about that in the backup because that was very interesting. Um, but we're going to stick with the main story for now. Um, I. I liked it. I thought it was super fun. It had, I mean, as Theo said, it's probably like the most fun Ramvi's had in this run. He literally um, beat the asthma out of him. It was <laughs> so funny. Like, it's and, really, really funny. And the art is perfect for it. You just like see the dude punch the green demon out of his mouth. It's I mean, like, he just literally hits himself in the jaw. <laughs> and the next thing you know, the thing yep, comes right it out. falls out. <laughs> Well, you know what sound clip we're using for this, right? Oh, yeah? Bob Ross's gotta beat the devil out of it. <laughs> nice. It, but it is it, it is weird how, you know, it was the actual gods that went, that actually thought they had a chance of beating Grundy instead of sending demons at him anyway. But that, yeah, that was, uh, they're definitely not used to Gotham yet. <laughs> nope. Um... I kind of, uh, I don't know. I, I'm still just so on the fence. I'm not as frustrated 
with this book as I used to be. Uh, and I'm I'm enjoying a lot of it, but I still think there's a real problem of who Ram V is choosing as his points of view. Yeah. And that's not because I don't think it should focus on Batman, but if you're going to structure the story around Batman, I don't think Batman should be so helpless the whole time. And, and the pace is just still terrible. The pace is rough. It's just... Well, two things that kind of... Uh, me. Um, one was... Barbados showing up again. <laughs> and well, being, I mean, that's just going to keep happening. And being so significantly involved in the death of Bruce's parents, like being right alongside them, it just really makes me think it's 100% symbolic. This is not in any way really happening, but whatever. And then the second thing was, he's like, we should start investigating the orgums. I was like, no, duh. 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 What have you been doing for the last year? Uh, it just feels like Batman would have had them investigated while they were still halfway across the ocean on the boat towards Scotland. Batman would have had, I mean, looking into them. it took how many issues before Batman says, or, or I can't remember if it was Bruce or if it was Babs who says all of this started right after they arrived. Well, duh. No, really? Well, don't you think <laughs> Batman two, three years ago would have figured that out i mean tynan batman definitely would have figured it out uh i think tom king batman probably would have and snyder batman of course would have i don't know i just feel like this batman is struggling in a way that i think i would accept it if this had if he'd been struggling for like two or three issues but this is um this is like 10 issues in right at least he's not like dying at the end of this one right hold on Wait, are you sure? Hold on, I gotta make sure. No, we don't actually know. He's drinking He's drinking tea with Talia. It's Babs who's... Well, she's not dying. No, because... We're gonna we, get we, to Babs in a minute. No, you... Oh, no, we, never mind. He's going down the scary tunnel. We, we don't know because we get into an advertisement. That's true. Yep, and our last question is, how do you feel about the four-page advertisement for The Vigil coming in May? Okay, so first of all, a giant, another secret organization in Gotham that Batman didn't know about? Okay, what? whatever. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, they only just started being in Gotham. Someone who's smarter and better than Oracle? Okay. All right. Not cool. They know more, but haven't been sharing up until now. Oh, okay. All right. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I was angry. Not, like, super upset, but I was like, what the crap is going on? It's an advertisement for The Vigil coming in May. I can't so tell. I was like, is this going to have to do anything with anything? What? What? I don't know. That's my... That... Do you does it because it feels like this is going to play into Detective Comics, but that doesn't make sense since the Vigil's its own miniseries. I can't tell if this Castle Kid is is actually a kid or if this is a fellow, like a not. small person. Yeah, because again, the art isn't great. I, I, that that was just that was a terrible way to end the story. Yeah, I think this was a really poor idea. Cheap. Um. Yeah, I think this, I, I would have had no problem if this was the backup. If he'd stretched it out to 10 pages and had Oracle versus Vigil um, for one issue, and it's read 
read the vigil in in May, and it was a backup story. But this is supposed to be connected to the main story, and the main story is already a little bit choppy because you have, uh, you know that that four page Grundy start that's not connected to anything else, and then the rest of the story is Bruce's story where he's, you know, mourning his parents, thinking about his past, meeting with Prince Orgum, and then he talks to Babs and he talks to Talia. Like that's all Bruce, and that feels connected, and it's got sort of a pace to it. But then it's just like, and we're back to Oracle, and it's so clunky. It's such a clunky advertisement. And I don't like it. Yeah, I don't know if I could tell you what would have made it better. Maybe it would be the backup. (laughs) That would have made it better. Not having it would have been nicer. But, yeah, it's just, it was weird. Oh, I forgot. This actually wasn't the last question. Talia! So Talia has been hanging around the whole time. She was in the first issue of this run, and she's been hanging out since the end of Tamaki's run. And she's only just now telling Batman some information that might have been good to know ten issues ago. How do you feel about that? I'm done with Talia. I've been done with Talia. Were you ever not done with Talia, though? I was never not done with Talia. She uh, always just. I want. I, I want. So, I want use. The, I want use the word hate. I'll just say dislike. I do not hate. <laughs> I just don't enjoy. But like this book in general, it almost doesn't actually matter that it's Talia. It could be anybody. I'm just done. Silver Saint Claude tells the secrets <laughs> of how she. <laughs> Emotionally, I'm just so done with this book. I never. I never was on board emotionally with this book. I don't know. I'm just. It's a task. Go ahead and see it. Yeah, it's a cha- it's a, it's a chore. Yeah, I have to admit, I'm not. I I I feel like I'm probably the one. Would you think it's fair to say that I'm the one who's enjoying the book the most? Yes. Yeah. I don't. I don't hate it. I think yeah. I don't enjoy it. But I think I would agree with the characterization that it's it's work. It's I, a little. It's. I it's think your opinion changed after the annual. Whereas yes, mine really did not. Did. Mine did a not. Huge sleep for me. Yeah, and I, 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 I was go. I had planned on reading the run up the Romvi's run of Tech for tonight, and ended up being way more busy in the last twenty four hours than I thought I was. But yeah, it's maybe it can be <laughs> rectified by reading it all together. But it's just, it's. Um, I'm trying to be positive. I like the art somewhat. <laughs> you don't have to be positive. I like stuff. the bat cat stuff. <laughs> <laughs> when we got into the chat preparing for the podcast, Steph was <laughs> proposing certain covers, which may or may not happen. <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, what do you think, Theo? About Talia? Yeah, Talia. Well, I mean. <laughs> I in, until I'm proven otherwise, they're going to continue drawing Talia in because I still think that they are grooming us for an eventual hookup, fling, whatever between her and Bruce. I mean, whether it's all of these weird hey lover. Opinion, uh, appearances or Selena bumping uglies with the now dead Valmont in K 
Catwoman. Please let him stay dead. They are just they just, just seem to be trying to groom us for those two getting together and I I am annoyed because as I said, Talia should have told Bruce this ten issues ago. This this is stuff he needed to know. And I, I'm also annoyed because this is supposed to be sort of a detective story and Batman's just going to places and people are telling him stuff. Like this could be anyone. It th- there's nothing about what Batman does that earns him this information. And I don't like that. I, I it makes it feel more like a video game getting uh you know, a data file from the computer rather than a detective actually doing work to find a clue. Um so it just there's something off about the way Ram V is structuring the story that I still am really struggling, even though I am enjoying the run more or less. So that's how I feel about Talia. Um, let's move to our backup. So absolute part two of three written by Simon Spurrier art by Casper Wingard, I think, or Wigengard. I'm not sure. So, as Mr. Freeze cryo-freezes Dr. Mead to face his therapist, and she hears the terrifying spiritual entity Earworm, his experiment fails and he throws a tantrum. Believing Dr. Mead is dead, Freeze leaves as Earworm tells her that something is coming that she should fear. It's the boy discovered by Gordon calling himself Sorrow, who says he's here to save her as she thaws. So... This is part two of three of a story. Does it feel like tart part two of three of a story to you? It felt like a part three. but Really? It felt like an ending? Well, I mean, she's getting rescued after the dude tried to kill her. The end. Um, but I think I'm glad it's going to have a better conclusion. Like, if it ended here, I think I would be okay, but I'm glad it's going to continue on. What if it ends with her actually dying, though? Uh, uh, she 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 appears to like to be dying at the end of every issue, so it would almost make sense for her to actually die at the end. But now she's got a relationship with our boy, the himbo. So she's... his name is Nero. Himbo. <laughs> I think he's calling himself Sorrow now. That was him. Nero, sorrow, close enough. I like that he's a different (laughs) age, depending on who draws him. Like, he's either 12 or 22. Yeah, he looked like a grown man in this one. Mm Mm-hmm. Grown manlet. A manlet. (laughs) I am am really starting to move over to Ian's side of things when reading stuff by... Side period. This was not good for me. It, it I, did it feel like a part two or a part three? It just felt like something. Part and, forever. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I don't know. And, and the way it ended with, I'm assuming Mister Freeze is about to sneak up on Nero, Sorrow, whatever. Um, but no, I mean. It was bad. So, 
the reason I ask this question is because this does not feel like a part of story. It feels like a part of a part. It feels extremely fragmentary, underbaked, and weak. And the thing is, there's actually a lot of good parts to it. I actually really like the art. I think it's very appealing. Um, I I really like the the voice that Spurrier gives to Dr. Mead. It's an interesting voice. She seems like an interesting character. Um, but like an interesting voice for 10 pages is not a story. It's not a chapter. It's, this is like entirely linking. Like it, you have the inciting incident at the beginning of the story. And then it seems like it's building towards a conclusion, but this, nothing really happens. (laughs) You know, Mr. Threes throws a temper tantrum and the boy shows up. But those are incomplete events and they don't accomplish anything. I suppose that's true. But overall, I mean, I mean, I think I liked it, and I think I think I was just so happy to see like happy colors and someone getting saved and something kind of sort of happening. Whereas in the main book, it's been like deep thought, <laughs> deep torture, <laughs> molasses plot. It's like, <laughs> well, at least things are happening in this one. And hey, look, romance! This is my favorite. Wait. Really romance like no it's the cute boy saving the cute girl it's, it's in the she's TV 44 and he's definitely not except that he might actually be prehistoric because he's a spiritual entity because we needed another twilight romance in batman <laughs> I um as much as i hate i didn't hate it but i think it's really weak yeah. i just don't think it's well crafted in a lot of ways like i do think some parts of it were well crafted but as a as a whole it's a mess yeah so I don't really have a whole lot more to say because, like I said, this feels like a fragment of a fragment. I don't really have much to say other than that. And unlike the last, so the last, the the first part of this story connected directly with Ram V's story, which I appreciated. Like I like the way that that con- this has nothing to do with Ram V's story. And oh, I guess I should ask, how do you feel about Mister Freeze like being really scuzzy and kind of villainous in this episode? Well, Theo's been very quiet. What do you think, Theo? Well, I just, like I said, I haven't. This story didn't do it for me, and and yeah. I don't know. And, and unlike previous issues where I didn't have as much issues with what Spiri was doing, particularly because they were more closely knitted with the main story. This one just doesn't do it. All right, let's give this issue, uh, Detective Comics 1070, uh, ranking out of five. Um, let's see, what should they be? Out of five advertisements for forthcoming series. <laughs> I'm uh, never letting that go. Two. That's what I say, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of going to say that, too, as well. I don't care if you get a mode. It's a two. <laughs> you said two as well? Yep. I said three. And that's my review on the on the website, too. So that gives us an overall score of 2.33 with a mode of two. Whether you are a first-time TBU Comics podcast listener 
a 13-year veteran, or anything in between. We'd love to hear what you think about this episode or any of the comics we discussed. Send emails to tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net. Join our Discord server linked at thebatmanuniverse.net. Send us a tweet at tbu underscore comics. Or, if you're a patron, leave us a comment on our Patreon page. We'd also love it if you left us a review on iTunes. We'd love to read your comments on the next episode of the Batman Universe Comics Podcast. Batman may claim he works alone, but we know that he needs the Bat Family. Join the TVU Bat Family and let us know what you think. Let's move to Greater Gotham. Starting with Nightwing number 102. Oh. Thumbs up. They save the girl. The backup is good. They're going to hell. Not in the backup. It's called the Hell Heist. It's going to be fabulous. I feel like I've read that story before. Uh, it's a thumbs up for me, but for some reason, I may have enjoyed the backup slightly more than the main story this time. Oh, totally. And not just because it's John, because it's adult John, so technically I should hate it, but... It Agreed. Was, it was, it was yeah. definitely fun. It, was, it, it just seemed it was better better constructed, and just the the idea of the smiley man having the F them kids attitude by tossing Olivia from the sky that that just <laughs> I just don't it's kind of tough as a grandfather you know I abstain as expected shocking I know right not <laughs> Batman Superman World's Finest number 13 oh man thumbs up and it's the start of a new arc so if anyone wants to join me on the super fun Bruce gets arrested for killing phlebotomy man metamorphose father-in-law Woo! so exciting spoiler by the way um, Bruce or Batman Bruce because he had a business meeting with him and so they think he did it oh and Jimmy Olsen's the one who figures it out so maybe Jimmy Olsen shouldn't be investigating. <laughs> anyway, it was it's a beautiful, beautiful Dan Moore art, and it was a lot of fun. And I was so lost at the beginning, but it just turns out that they're discussing something that never happened on page. And so, yeah, if you want to come join me on the super fun ride that is the Batman Superman Rules Rise, it's really fun. Come join me. I might check out that issue, but until then, I abstain. And the issue before that was the date between Dick and Supergirl, and that was cute. Dad, according to you, really wasn't a date. It wasn't a date. It was terrible. He's a terrible guy. He's a terrible teenage date, but, you know, whatever. I also abstain. Um, I wish I had abstained for our next item. Catwoman number 53. Gosh. I, I, I technically read those. My eyes skim the pages and I take in the words. Thumbs down. What is she? I don't. I do not understand what Selena is doing. I understand what she's doing. It's monumentally stupid. Yeah. It's. Oh. Okay, Theo, I'm assuming you're abstaining. Have you ever 
told me that it was safe to read yet. <laughs> I have not, because okay. this is probably the worst issue yet. I got so vitriolic, I felt like I was going to burn through the screen when I was writing my review, because I was so mad. This issue is trash. This series is trash, and I'm so frustrated that no end seems to be in sight. I miss the early days of this Catwoman book when it was just bad. <laughs> it's incandescently bad. <sighs> oh, okay. Hold on, hold on. 53? This book's been going on for 53 years? No, 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 no. no. no she only v- started on like 40... No, uh, no, 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 no. She, start, she started when Ron V got v. off. Ron V did that a little Ron bit. Ron V had a good run. Yeah, Ron V jumped run. on at what, 25? Yeah, and he had two issues before that. Yes. Okay. Yeah, mixed in. Carry on. DC Ruby number two. I think I said neutral. It still continues to be a middle of the road book. Um, Alfred has superpowers now and has many hands and can serve many times over. <laughs> what? And uh, Batman now has because everyone's developing a a um a semblance, basically a superpower, um, because the universes are colliding, I guess. And so Bruce's is precog, which. He's like, yeah. So remind me, is this connected to the previous DC Ruby stories or not? Not at, I don't know, not at all. Because in that one, the Justice League were super young. I don't think I read too much of that. But so in that one, the Justice League and the Ruby crew were the same age. So like teenagers, late teenagers. Um, this is Batman, our Batman, and then the teenage crew of Ruby. I don't understand this at all. Like... Oh. Although, they keep doing this. This is like the third miniseries, right? Second. I thought it was the second. I thought there was another one. But making a show? Am I wrong about that? But none of them are connected to each other. Like, this is what baffles me. That's true. But wait, okay. Wait, wait, wait. I got to ask. So the Justice League is just the regular Justice League in here, but you can't tell that looking at the covers. You look at the covers, and Clock looks like he's 15. I mean, they look really young on some of them covers. You gotta appeal to the teen demographic. Those are the ones probably watching Ruby. Yeah, you gotta appeal to the teen demographic. Um, but, yeah. I don't understand this at all. This confuses me. Um, all right. Here we go. It confuses us both, and we're not even reading it. (laughs) Correct. One Bad Day, Ra's al Ghul. Oh my goodness. As a book about these characters, I would have to say neutral. Damien wasn't too Damien-ish. He was more playing the role of the grandson. He didn't do or say almost anything. He was a damsel in distress. And like we were talking about before, the book really seems to say that and I really liked the beginning of the book. But by the end, it seems to say, as long as we get rid of the people who are causing damage to the planet, we'll be fine. But the problem with that is, one, murder is wrong. But two... Let's not skate over that. That's a little important. No, no. But two, it's not the leaders who are the only baddies. Like, they are being supported and lobbied and encouraged by 
so many, many people. Like, you would have to commit mass, mass murder to get rid of the people that are causing the problems in this world. And not just a list of 27. Killing 27 people in this world is not going to fix the world. Anyway. But yes, murder is wrong. And you're not being much better. Not that being on a high horse is going to save us when the planet dies. But, <laughs> yeah. It was it was pretty heavy-handed. So, so neutral for me. Did I say neutral? You said neutral. It was a thumbs up for me. In... In... The list of one bad day books that have been out thus far. Um, wait, is this the last one or we got one more? This is the last one. The last one? Well, it's not the worst, but it's definitely not the best. Um, and I understand everything Steph just said about murder being wrong and blah, 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 blah. But. I really don't want to skate over murder being wrong, guys. Yada, yada, yada. But, but, it's important. But. but it's about the character. It's about Roz, and, and Roz is a murderer. So these type of things are supposed to happen with these folks. And, you know, just like there was, the, just like we, we weren't in, in total agreement about the Mr. Freeze book, it's okay for it to be the way that it is simply because now that it's over, it's over. It doesn't mean anything. It's just that for once, for once in this AU world of ours, and you had to know that it had to be Tom Taylor to do it. The bad guy won and that's okay. I mean, I, I, I know a lot of folks, at some point in time, would we'll say, I would just like to see a book that ends and the bad guy wins. And it, it's okay if it happens in an AU book because when it's done, it's done. And the idea that he made the world a better place by, and, he, and yeah, he only killed the, the, the 27 heads, but that wasn't all he did. He infiltrated those bullets. Three thousand people in this plan. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Oh well, you know, talking about the the twenty seven heads of those those corporations, but yeah. three thousand people. Okay, a lot of people to make the world a better place. Fair trade, and he died at the end, which is Did he? yeah, basically killed himself. But then he gets back up again, and then he comes back. He got up again? Oh, that's right. That's right. He got up, but this time it was he didn't have he didn't have that dream of you know how in the beginning he said, well, every time yeah. I, I wake up from the pit, it's the horror of, of the world I'm coming into that makes me want to continue the mission. Now I don't have to. At the end, he doesn't have to. He wakes up and it's the world's a better place. And that's okay, because it's, it's over now. And that's just how I read the book. Okay, yep, one and done. Cool, that was a neat neat concept to see Roz actually get his plan done. And Bruce doesn't die. Really, he does. But he doesn't, because he comes back. 
Although it's weird how 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 long was he dead? He was dead for what three months? They say. Yep. How a body. I don't know. Maybe he's but, been stewing in the pit for three months. Yeah, I don't know. But um, yeah, I mean, just like with freeze. Okay, yeah. It's okay. Thumbs up. But in all seriousness, murder is wrong. But in the comic book world, <laughs> it happens. Thumbs all the way down. This piece left me incandescent with fury. Because I agree with Theo. I think that the the voice that Taylor gets for Roz is very charismatic and appealing. But I think that's why it's so bad. Because the book ends with you feeling good that 3,000 people were murdered. And I, I happen to think I, that... I, I disagree. I, was feel, I disagree. I was feeling good because the world was a better place. I do not believe that the ends justify the means, especially when it comes to murder. And I think that a book that argues that is evil. I am, I am firmly of the belief that a book that attempts to justify murder by saying the world's a better place, when you get a world that is a better place by murder, you have made a world where murder is a better thing. And that is evil. And I know that's not necessarily what Taylor's directly intending to say, but it is what he is saying, and that's completely unacceptable to me. So I have a question that's more broad. So this book series, this series was called Batman One Bad Day. And a lot of these stories have happy endings. Do they? I feel like only like two of them do. Do they? So Catwoman did. I think Penguin. Catwoman. Did. Well, I would say Penguin doesn't have a. It has so a happy so ending for is, Penguin. My question is, who is having the bad day? It depends well, that changes the, from yeah, book to book. Yeah, so it doesn't it feel like that was a mandate. Well, it was a mandate that someone had to have a bad so, day, but it didn't have to be the main villain. So this is called Batman One Bad Day, Razagul. Is Batman having the bad day, or is Ra's al Ghul yes. having the bad day? Batman so is having Ghul the bad gets day. This what he wants. So I, I think, this, in, regardless of what you think or know, Tom Taylor is writing, and what is his message? And based on other things he's written, we can assume he probably does really think that way. <laughs> but if the underlying message is one bad day and Batman is having the bad day, then unfortunately not the obvious message is this isn't a good thing. This is a terrible thing. This is a very bad thing. I I think you can argue that. I don't think the book works that way. Yes. I think the book is structured to feel good, and that is why I'm so angry. I think that's very fair. So I, I appreciate, I think I think all of you have really thoughtful takes, and I, I, I really like that we all have different ratings, 
because I think that's good because our readers will read it and have their own takes. Mm-hmm. They, they won't feel like, oh, well, all of them felt that way. So obviously I have to feel. No, everyone has a different take. Everyone's given their thoughts. And I think all of your thoughts are totally valid. I obviously have my own thoughts and I've given them. But that's the point of a discussion. The point of a discussion is not to decide for here or now that this book is good or bad. It's to have that discussion and start further discussions. Um, deceased war of the undead gods number seven uh thumbs up it was almost a thumbs down and we could have just pretty much exited the tvu but it had a good ending and i like the these books have been saved by the endings (laughs) i'm trying to remember how it ended uh, Dark Side joined. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they they gave Dark Side the cure, so now he's ready to be the and secret he, weapon. Yeah. I love how Lobo administered. <laughs> he just rammed it into his mouth, and then Dark Side chopped his hand or bit his hand off. That's so funny. And Alfred is still the Spectre, although he doesn't seem to be the killy type of Spectre, which. I'm not too pleased with. I am. <laughs> Why not? I mean, the Spectre is the spirit of vengeance. Now he's just going to be the spirit of you're going to jail. I think. He's wonderful. Uh, it was a neutral for so me. So, Theo, though. did you rate it? Neutral. Uh, I'm still abstaining uh, because you guys keep Telling me that Steph hasn't shown up again, so I'm not reading it till she does. Cass was in one panel. <laughs> I don't like don't Taylor's choose, Cass, choose, and I am choose. aware that Cass fans love it, but I don't like it. Choose your words wisely. <laughs> and speaking of the Cassandra. All right, now here comes another interesting discussion. GCPD, the blue wall number six. The ending of this miniseries. And please God, the final thing that Ridley writes at DC for a long time. So I struggled a lot with the rating. And decided to give it a thumbs up. And it, the couple, one thing that bothered me was that the book started being about these three rookies. And by the end, the book is about... Renee. Renee. And... I think if my interpretation is correct, I haven't interpreted a book since high school. Um, it starts with these three rookies, and not only does the GCPD chew them up and spit them out, the story does too. By the end, none of those people are in the story anymore. One guy's quit, one guy's in prison, and the other girl is just keeping her head down so that she doesn't get arrested for tampering with evidence. But they all and had the chance to rip Montoya, though. They, they, and, and Montoya has also been on a very interesting journey, and she's not the same person by the end. And I think because of Renee's choices at the end, and, oh crap, what was her name? Sam? Who? The girl. The girl cop rookie. Oh, no, you gotta make me look. <laughs> anyway, because of their choice, and, and the guy who quit, um, 
guy who went on the killing rampage. I think at the end they all made the right choice, even though it was really hard and there was real consequences. So I think I really I liked the story. It was a hard story to read. And I tell you what, reading this story, you get so angry at the injustices in this world and in our systems. But it was I think it was a story that I was pleased that they told. So thumbs up. It is a it is a thumbs up for me as well. Um but also like Steph said, there are some things that just for lack of better words pisses you off. Um yeah definitely definitely a lot of things that'll make you look and and just reflect on the injustices, not just what's going on in the book, but they're so close to what's going on in society today you it's hard to separate them and you know, Steph said it perfectly, you know, Danny and, um, oh, shoot. Uh, even that way, hold on. I'm, I'm on the page now. So Danny and what's his name and the, um, the female cop, whose name I can't remember either, but they, they just they get spit out i mean and even even in the end when you get to that panel where the news is talking about him being captured and and the press conference that renee gave it was like whatever you know he he's terrible you know no matter what it's just and from a story aspect, it just it, it left so many open ended questions. Like we still don't know how what's his name gets from being a probation or officer to now being on this special force that Renee is talking about in Batman, right? Batman. I think it's yeah. Detective. Detective? It? It one no, of them. I think it's... No, I'm pretty sure it's Detective because Batman's been in an alternate universe for three months. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So it's just... I don't I don't know. It's just... It, 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 it really... It was a good story. It was a good ending. I am not... <laughs> I am definitely not a fan of how Renee turns out in the end. He almost makes her seem incompetent and a part of the same system that even in the other books, she was fighting to change. And I don't know. I just... But it's still a thumbs up. 
I wish I wish it would. I wish a lot of these holes would have been filled. And again, it's it's not a story that you need to read for a happy ending. There is no, there's no way that this could be a happening, happy ending. And I just, it, 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 it will likely be a better read in trade if they, if they somehow put it in trade. Uh, but you gotta, you gotta be able to have a stomach for real world issues uh, to be able to tackle that because I mean, Oh, by the way, her name's Sam, but I knew it. Yay. Uh, but yeah, you gotta have a stomach for, for real world issues. And it's, uh, it's just not, it's not the, just, I'm trying to say it in the most diplomatic way. It's not the type of book you should read if you have a problem with the police. Because you already feel this way. Yes. <laughs> you don't need the encouragement. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's it just, and, and if there's, again, if, if, if my biggest ilk with Ridley on this is how he, how he makes Renee turn out. And again, like I said, in, in some instance, she, she seems incompetent, you know, incapable of making the changes that she said that she could do. And actually, you know, just being a part of the system. If you go back several issues to talk about how she just tells Ortega to just go with the flow, like she went with the flow when she's supposed to be changing that flow anyway. Um, She's now now she's now drinking again. So I I, I don't for everything that Renee's journey has been about, you know, over the years, I don't like how Ridley has seems to have dialed that back. But again, considering what he is trying, he was attempting to do with this mini series. I understand it, even though I don't like it. Uh, but it is still a thumbs up. So this is a neutral for me. Um, I have skipped at least two, if not three, of the issues. Um, I really appreciated that the book... Coming from this after after talking about One Bad Day, Ra's al Ghul, I think this is much more I'm able to accept this as having a moral perspective that I can converse with, even though I disagree with it. I don't agree with Ridley on most of what he is preaching or saying in this book or in his other books. Um, And I have a second piece to say about Ridley, but the fact that he as Renee risk her life to save the life of this boy who's murdered her brother and other people. And that's the right thing to do. But also, it's not the right thing to do to say that his murders were justified in any way. No. 
I think that's one thing I appreciate about it, though, was that they said that it wasn't, but it was very multi-level, level layered and complicated, and the media doesn't like that. People like simple answers. They like surface layer things. And so it's just totally missed on the masses of this this multifaceted issue. I agree, but I think that there is a simple truth that I really appreciate that Ridley hammered home, which is that the murderers were wrong. The murderers destroyed his argument. The murderers destroyed any chance he had at really making a difference. And all Rene could do was save his life. And I thought that was powerful. And I appreciate that. I'm happy you said that. Because at first I thought you were going to go along the same line of what you were saying about uh, One Bad Day. But no, no, no. This yeah, is a this much is, more sophisticated, this, it this is. Is a more mature book it, it, than it One is. Bad Day. It, it, it is. And, and one might say that your argument for One Bad Day that Tom Taylor was basically saying mass murder was okay for the end result. You know, there can be an argument in that really does not do this at all. Correct. He, 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 he has us have profound sympathy for the torments that this young man goes through that drive him to it, but he never asks us to say that's okay. And that that's really powerful to me. Um, no, from the from the point he from the point he killed Montoya's brother and fiance, Danny becomes public enemy number one, and and he's written and as justifiably such. so. Those, and he's written as those such. two people did not deserve to die. Oh, uh, none of them deserve to die. Now, I think even worse than and not to put degrees of murder, but I think the way in which he had the two, I would assume that they were Muslim ladies killed by having them tied up in the car was far worse than what he did to Montoya's brother and, and future sister-in-law. That was just gruesome. He basically sent them women off to die who, who had absolute zero to do with what was going on. Zero connection to anyone or anything. Yep. Yep. So, so I give it a neutral because, so I'm inclined to give it a thumbs down just because of a lot of things. Um, but I think that it's powerful. It's worth reading. It's reasonably well done. But the reason I'm not willing to go to thumbs up is my second piece about Ridley. And that is sort of what, Theo was talking about when he said he's not happy with where Renee's gone because of not because it's not believable. Obviously, someone who's put in the position of commissioner of Gotham City is always going to have to make compromises. He's always going to have to deal with the fact that this is the most corrupt version of an American city. Like it's a it's Gotham is New York City as a nightmare. But the thing is, Ridley, in my reading, is a profoundly selfish writer in the way he treats other people's characters. Rene Montoya is not his character. These three new cops are his characters, and I think the way he treats them is perfectly justified, and it, it's, it's powerful, it's mature, it's artistically sophisticated. The way he treats Rene is the same way he treats 
um, the foxes. Now, that's not to say that he uh, destroys her the same way he's destroyed Lucius Fox. Like, he's made Lucius Fox into this, like, cynical, unfaithful, adulterous, uh, manipulative, deceitful jerk. Like, there's no integrity left in Lucius Fox after what he did to him. And that really angers me, because I love Lucius Fox. He's he's left Renee with more integrity than he's left Lucius with, but he's still taken a lot of weight. He's regressed her into drinking again. Now, um, I believe that once you um, you become addicted to something like alcohol or drugs, you you can't stop being addicted. You are either sober or you're not sober, but you're always going to be addicted to that substance. And so it's plausible to me that she would regress, which would relapse. But it's so destructive. And the fact that he does this to her after killing her only family, her, her brother and future sister-in-law, these are things that will not be taken back. Um, we joke about comic book death, but I'd like to remind everyone that at the end of No Man's Land, Joker slaughtered Sarah Essen Gordon in cold blood. And that was 24 years ago. And she has not come back once. Benny Montoya is not coming back. Renee is going to have this hole in her life forever. I think that's really selfish. And I understand the point that Ridley's making, but I don't think he should play with other people's characters to make that point. And so that's why it's a neutral, because I see the way he treats these long-standing properties, and I, I don't... It, it rubs me in a way that feels very disrespectful and selfish, and I can't go all the way to the thumbs up because of that. Tim Drake, Robin, number seven. Neutral. <laughs> neutral? No, wait, what are I neutral? Well, no, no, I said neutral, because the art was such a step up and that has been one of my biggest complaints. I have to give credit where credit is due and give it very, very begrudging neutral. <laughs> and that is all I'm going to say about this book. I'm done. The art was amazing in this book. That's it. It's an abstain, but the best thing about this book is that it's about to come to an end. <laughs> <laughs> I don't disagree. So Tim Drake Robin is an absolute thumbs down. And I, for me, the fact that the art is so amazing is even more of a thumbs down because it means it's a wasted That's 22 true. pages of gorgeous art on a story that's shallow, lazy, and stupid. I mean, and seriously, <sighs> not, not to go too far off topic, but those are the worst kind of books where either the writing is absolutely wonderful and the art is just like the worst Pants. ever and or vice versa. Cause yeah. Because it I, feels like such a waste. I remember the Charles soul run of She-Hulk not to go too far into Marvel was absolutely one of the best written books I've ever read. And the art was downright. Oh, and it just ruined it for me. And if there was one gripe that I had with Joshua Williamson's run on the flash was Howard Porter. Yes. Yep. I feel ya. Okay. I'll say one more thing about the book. 
So I just want to say, I'm not holding a grudge against this book. I want this book to be good. I saw that it was new art. I knew that it was a new arc. I was like, maybe this will be wonderful. And it was not. It wasn't even like Tom Taylor heavy-handed. It was just... It was lazy. I, 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 seriously, this book was doomed to fail. It was doomed to fail. It kind of was. was. It, it was doomed to fail from urban legends. Urban legends. But DC, God bless them, bless their heart. DC. <laughs> oh boy, we broke it up to bless their hearts. DC just felt that they had every right to just force this on us. Because I think if they had stayed with the urban legends formula, they would have found an audience. How do you mean? The the I forget what they're called, but the girls that like seeing two boys together. Oh, yowie! <laughs> and the pretty art and just fluffy being togetherness. They they would have found an audience, and I probably would have found it consumable without barfing up my dinner. However, that is not what we got. And even this was terrible. This was not fluff. This was whatever. But I, I would argue, and I think Theo is right here, that turning Tim into a Yaoi romance hero is wrong. That is not who he is. Yeah. Like, I think... Okay, so here's... You guys may be very angry with me. I think if they really wanted to do this, they should have had Dick okay, because they're I think there's been a lot more um, speculation and even intentional hinting by various writers that Dick himself is pansexual or bisexual. Um, But I think that DC is cowardly because Dick is a bigger character and they're not willing to do that. And I think that is artistically and morally contemptible. So DC can jump in a lake and they deserve to have this canceled. And they... There's other characters that have been shipped with Tim for years. That would have made more sense because there's a relationship. Well, yeah, there's Ives and there's Connor, and both of them would have been much more, much better received. But it's like they they picked the absolute worst way to do this, and I still think that Tim is not the character they should have done. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, and I will, and this is not a die on this hill type of thing, but it's going to be my argument till the cows come home. There are enough characters already in existence within the DC universe, within the Batman universe, that if you wanted to have a representative book, you could have done it. Or you could have gone the route that you did with John, although you didn't have to age him up. Batwoman. Midnighter. That's two characters right there within the Batman universe. You you had Renee. There's so much you didn't... I will never forgive, and again, not the biggest Tim Drake fan. Not in any means of the word. But I am a fan of comic book history and continuity, and you basically destroyed all of that just to make a public statement. And I just can't forgive that, and I'm happy I, that I'm, I'm happy they I'm happy this book failed. 
because they just they totally they totally did it wrong and they got the absolute perfect writer to do it because Fitz Martin just made it it just showed just how bad it was. Do you think maybe they did that on purpose? Do you think they tanked the book on purpose? I can't tell. I (laughs) I would think so, but it's so incompetent. It feels like it was designed to fail. I would say if some, if they purposely did this book to fail, to make again, to make another statement, somebody needs to lose their job. Huh. Because, yeah, a lot of people be, need to lose their job because ultimately, as a publisher, as a publisher, it's about you know, from a business aspect, it's about making money. And a book that is canceled after ten issues is not a book that makes money. So if this um, was done, pur- if this was done purposely, someone needs to lose their job. And here's here's something that we may or may not. So this is not confirmed per se. But the editor who supervised uh, the Urban Legends, Tim Drake stories, and I believe the first part of this series is no longer an editor. He's decided to be a freelance writer. Now, that may or may not have anything to do with the fact that this series failed so badly. But I feel quite strongly that if this series was a major success, he probably would have been on the Jess Chen path on the way to full editor rather than being an associate editor who decided that he could make more money as a writer. So I think there already have been some consequences for this book. Dark Knights of Steel, number 10. Thumbs up. Everyone is friends <laughs> now. And John is there. And, and resembles. Was Steph in this issue? I don't remember. Probably. I don't remember. That's the only way you're going to get me to read this book. If she was, she had a small part. I don't remember. I'm trying to remember. There was an issue. She she and Cass were She's been in in like three issues. Bruce was barely in this issue. I don't think Steph was in this. Beast Boy is the dragon. I bought the freaking Tales of the Free Kingdoms because Steph was in it. (laughs) Such an addict. Uh, Theo, did you read this one? Oh, yeah. Definitely thumbs up. I, I am happy that, like Steph said, that the Three Kingdoms are... I won't say friendly, friendly, but at least they have a common enemy now. Four kingdoms, because Ivy joins. Oh yeah, because Ivy joins them. Yeah, so mm-hmm. you can call it the Green Kingdom too. But <laughs> yeah, this was this was definitely good, and I mean, I'm I'm kind of sad that Alfred really isn't Alfred, but I'm also happy, like stuff that Alfred is John. So it's a good trade off. If we're talking about like nice, wonderful people in the DC universe, John Johns is one of my absolute favorite. He's so lovely. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. Uh, I unfortunately still am abstaining because Steph is not in it. Uh, Harley <laughs> Quinn, number 28. Oh my gosh. I so, so I'm just going to go ahead and say Theo and I are both abstaining. No, okay. is, is, is this is this is this uh, Teeny Howard's first issue? This is the first Teeny Howard issue. Okay, that explains a lot because I was so confused. It, the undead Harley's in prison because she's beating up Two Face, who I don't understand why he's going on a rampage because that's not what he's doing in any other book. Anyway. Harley Quinn's not in the same continuity. Oh my gosh, it was just 
it was very, very confusing. Her and relationship, her and Kevin's relationship is weird. What she's doing is she's getting arrested and sent to do community service. So she's teaching, and then suddenly two faces barreling through the wall, and they're blaming her for it. And uh, it was, I don't know. Maybe there's some point to it. Oh, right, and then there's something about the multiverse and a fish. I don't know. It was all weird. Thumbs down. <laughs> I know I said neutral, but thumbs down. <laughs> If you come in two week two two episodes, we may have deleted this from Greater Gotham. <laughs> Possibly, because I'm not reading that. I don't know why I All thought right. you were reviewing Gotham City. What I said, I don't know why I thought you were reviewing Harley Quinn. Oh gosh, no! I would, I, I would not review two Teeny Howard books at once. I am in pain in the fact that I have to do Catwoman every week, every month. Gotham City Year One, number six. Anyone else read this one? I did. I think I decided on a neutral. I didn't quite understand the point in the ending. And I was. Have wondering... you seen the movie Chinatown, Steph? No, we've already discussed this. I have okay. not. But so. Well, I am not recommending any... that you see it. <laughs> was there any significance in having Sam Bradley be of black ancestry? Or being black, I guess, but not appearing black. <laughs> Wait. So what? the point of that is so that he can be connected to his brother who cannot pass and gets killed. That's the point of making Slam that. I'm I'm gonna stay out of that. <laughs> so I'm gonna say thumbs down because and it may be slightly unfair for me to say thumbs down, but this movie, th- this this miniseries is in its most important and essential beats just a copy of the movie Chinatown, and I hate that movie with my whole soul. And so I hate this comic with my whole soul, too. Plus the fact that it tries to make Slam Bradley Bruce's grandfather, and I think that's just, come on. And it disappoints me because I do really like the art. It makes Bruce Wayne Batman black. (laughs) Sort of. (laughs) So now he's black and Jewish and (laughs) Presbyterian. This is the most confusing thing they've done to Batman yet. Oh, it's so weird. All right. We're going to. So a little peek behind the scenes. I often try to end our Greater Gotham segments with a book that at least most of us had a good time with. Um, and if I had... The, the problem with this episode is that the books that two of us liked, I didn't read. So I didn't want to end on a book that I hadn't read. Which is unfair, but I write the show notes. So so we're going to end on a downer. Punchline, <laughs> The Gotham Game, number six. Okay. Now there's actually a lot of things I liked about this one. I'm going to give it a neutral. Like... I liked some of the side characters and what they ended up doing. I like that Bluff died. Did he die or is he dying, Catwoman? (laughs) Oh, he died here. He died here. I like that Bluff died because he was bothering me. He was Cullen's aggressor and I didn't like that. So I'm glad Bluff is dead. And I liked the YouTuber guy, the streaming guy with the... Navy. He was funny. He was funny. And I like that Batman came zooming in on in the Batmobile. 
I thought that was cool. But, yeah, this is horrible. <laughs> this is terrible. I loved this book when it started. I wanted to like this book. Uh, so, like, a really unenthusiastic neutral. Theo, oh, did you read bald, this one? Bald Joker was weird. And Joker <laughs> caring for... I think that has something to do with the ongoing Joker book, but I'm not reading that no, enough no, to know what so it means. He was bald and he was weird. I'm not saying him being bald was weird. I'm saying he was acting weird. Like, the Joker doesn't suture people and care for them. That is not a thing I've ever seen Joker do. It was weird. He was it might like be a... fake Joker, because there's like three Jokers in that book right is now. There? Okay, because that would make sense. She she was like, oh, you aren't really here. Anyway, it was weird. Carry on. So, Theo, did you read this one? Are you serious? <laughs> I don't know. Punchline <laughs> is hot. Uh, I, 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 I'd rather look at Renee Montoya. Respectfully, I assume. Um, <laughs> so this book gets a firm thumbs down for me, but it's a complicated thumbs down. Um, I agree. I think I agree with Steph. I think that Navy is a fun character. I think Bluff was an interesting character. I, I really like all the... Um, what is royal flush puns of all the characters names i thought that was actually really fun and clever um actually so punchline is a politically neutral internet radical so she's not a direct um copycat of either a politically liberal or politically conservative figure she's not you know ripped from the headlines in the sense that she's directly copying someone from the headlines but she is ripped from the headlines in the fact that there is real anxiety about internet radicalization. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciate the care that James Tynan and Sam Meggs, I mean, Sam Johns, put into her creation. Um, and I think that Teeny and Blake Howard honored that care by continuing that. She is still clearly an internet radical, and she's not a copycat of any specific political movement. So I think that's really well done. Um, the reason it's a thumbs down is because this is not a miniseries. This is six additional issues of Teeny Howard's Catwoman run. It has no real beginning, middle, or end. Every event is connected to an event that's happening in Catwoman. And so the book does not make sense when read by itself. And Catwoman doesn't make sense when read by itself. This does not have an ending at all. This book is not actually about punchline. This is a terrible book, and I don't understand why they gave T.D. Howard their hottest new character, Punchline, who was really, really hot. Very, lots of cosplay, tons of variant covers, tons of fan art. And they were okay that she made it six extra issues of Catwoman that have nothing really to do with punchline she doesn't even have an ending scene she's not the main character of her own book she's not the main villain of her own book this is stupid <laughs> this is ip destruction of an ip that's less than two years old that was red hot when tynan left 
DC I, I, has wait, morons I, I at the wheel. I, 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 I don't want to say I disagree, but I disagree. I, <laughs> I don't see all the craziness about punchline. I mean, I, I just don't. I mean, again, if, 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 if you got something that you're seeing elsewhere, I'll be happy to look at it. But I don't think punchline has grabbed attention as everybody expected her to. I mean, I've been well, to several. I think that part of that is that they put her in that weird backup. I, 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 I you know, I've gone to several cons already this year. Plenty of Holly. You're going to always see Holly. No punchline. I've gone to cosplay contests at these cons. No punchline. Although, you still get your Hollies. This is another situation of DC trying to force something and just drawing it against the wall and hoping that it finally sticks. I mean, even when JT did it, I don't think punchline caught on the way they were expecting her to. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I just feel like she was in a better place before this miniseries started, and this miniseries has really driven the nails in her coffin. I mean, it, it, I mean, it has... With the exception of Ghostmaker and Clown Hunter, I, I just, I mean, I'm, I don't think there's been much excitement of any of those characters JT created when he took over Batman, and of course, um, the designer never was. <laughs> that guy's costume was so butt. It was so dumb. <laughs> and so, uh, but, but I don't know. I, I, I was. I, I think you have a good point. I, I was never impressed point. with Punchline. I just, I just thought that they were they created Punchline to try to feed off of all things Harley Quinn. You know, make another version of Harley Quinn that could... Well, they wanted an actually evil Harley Quinn. Yeah, that could be the Joker's boo and and just do it all over again, and I just think it fell flat. Well, it certainly has fallen flat now, although Punchline herself is not flat. (laughs) No, she is. Wink, wink. She is not. (laughs) Um, Steph, you can edit that out if you feel it's too far. <laughs> I've been reading The Duke and His Teddy Bear. What? All right. <laughs> the, what? The Duke and His Teddy Bear. It's a webtoon. It's really cute. Oh, God. She, <laughs> he, this, is, this is what you do while we would be talking? <laughs> I listen to you again later when I edit. <laughs> oh, God. I'm going in my I'm I'm going into my corner and cry. <laughs> anyway. This okay. is like the second this is like the so second or third that, episode that we we've had to end things on a more sour note than anything. And sorry, Steph, we can't do any we're thankful this time around because Wait, hold on, hold on. What what is what was the last issue of 
Wayne Family Adventures. Don't ask me. I'm so behind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you should totally read the latest issue of Wayne Family Adventures. Because Batman needs a spare suit, and Kate goes to pick one up, and the boys, being Jason, oh, that one. <laughs> get to pick one up for him from his mirage collection of different bat suits, and they pick some from his rainbow days. From the golden age, the golden shall we age. say? That's so good. I, I gotta catch up. I'm I'm several chapters behind. I need I, think I need to keep up with that so I can review it with you all. For sure. If you ever catch up. Let us know. Well, you don't really have so to. You just, I'm, they're, they're, I'm, they're pretty standalone. I'm 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 sad to say, and I'm, I'm sad to say, although I'm not sad to say, but I actually enjoy Vixen almost as much, if not more, than I enjoy Wayne Family Adventures. That's good. It's really That's good. not bad at all. I mean, everyone has the books they well, like. You know? Well, I'm I'm a Batman fan, so you know it's it's. <laughs> It's okay. tough for me to. We're all doing put, a Botman podcast, and I'm yeah. Really it's 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 kind it's kind of it's kind of tough for me to put the big guy. I mean, we just went through like twelve level. Batman family books that I hated. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, see, if you don't read them, then you don't have to hate them. See, genius, genius. I just <laughs> I abstain from a lot of books, man. <laughs> I feel like I have to do something. All right. That brings us to the end of our episode. I want to thank our patrons. And if you contribute as a certain level on our Patreon, you get read aloud like this. Thank you to Lisa Slack, Donovan Morgan Grant, Austin Davis, Ian Miller, Stanton's Grave, Johnny McCloskey, Gerald Green, Donald Townsend, Cesar Diaz, Joshua Lappin Bertoni, Ed Grouse, Je- Jessica Morales, Rob O, Captain America, David Richards, Tim Garassi, Mary Garrett, Robert Lewis, Stephanie Mounts. Thank you all for helping us keep our archive on the internet and um, help keep our website up. Um, That brings us to the end of the end. And again, if you're at C2E2 in Chicago this weekend, um, last weekend in March, first weekend of April, come and look for the people with TBU um, t-shirts or just Batman t-shirts. Uh, we'd love to talk to you about Batman or comics in general. There's going to be a few With of that, us there. Yes, there's like four or five of us from the website going to be there. So, Just um, not Steph. This so has been Ian. This is Dev. And this is Sad Theo. Have fun in Japan. Have fun at CDWDO. <laughs> and this has been the Batman Universe Comic Podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Oh my goodness, you guys are not ready for my punchline rant. I am going to rip it a new bottle. The only reason Ian doesn't have anything he likes is because he's not reading the good stuff. Well, the couple of Yeah, but I wouldn't like the good stuff. That's the problem. (laughs) Technically. I don't know. I'm leaning towards putting it at the beginning. You're putting out? Oh god. What? Why? Why are you saying these things? <laughs> yeah, it's Beast Boy. Beast Boy is a dragon. Yes. <laughs> is he evil? No. That doesn't look like a happy dragon. Well, that picture doesn't look like a happy dragon. But it's a happy dragon. I love a happy dragon. I love this book. Mm-hmm.